This is The Green Note Show, Episode 6, No Love for Politics. Coming to you live from our state-of-the-art recording studio here at uh, Evergreen Media World Headquarters, this is America's favorite two-and-a-half-star marketing podcast, The Green Note Show. So, getting started for this episode, um, the evolution of modern political campaigns tracks pretty closely with the development of the internet, at least since 1996 or so. The first major political campaign to have a full website was the Dole Kemp presidential campaign in 1996, something you can still find over at dolekemp96.org. Howard Dean's 2004 primary campaign was the first to make a really serious effort at raising money online. And by 2008, Barack Obama was raising nearly a third of his money online. Um, skip ahead to 2012, and both Mitt Romney and Barack Obama were tapping into the, uh, the powerful reach of social media platforms to activate their voters. And they were also deploying new digital tools like data management platforms to um, help utilize max- maximize uh, their first-party data in ways that uh, mirrored brand advertisers at the time and you know, still to this day. So the, the trend of digital integration has continued through every election since, um, permeating nearly every aspect of campaigns, large and small. Um, political campaigns have been pretty quick to jump into the latest platforms and apps and figure out the best, uh, figure out how best to exploit them for reach and for for fundraising. In uh, 2021, television still reigns supreme at least in terms of where campaigns spend their money, but uh, digital is getting closer to unseating it. Or is it? I'll, I'll, sp- I'll spare you the pain of relitigating the last four-plus years of uh, life online um, vis-a-vis politics, but the platforms have started pushing back on political advertising and even on organic political content posted by some of their own users. It- it's no longer the laissez-faire environment of the Internet's early years through 2016, New restrictions are making it very difficult for campaigns to uh, reach voters or even raise money online. So to highlight the important changes uh, by platform, uh, we'll start with uh, the uh, the biggest one, uh, Google, which you know, and for for our purposes here includes YouTube, uh, their search product, and assorted uh, programmatic advertising platforms. Um, they've restricted targeting options for politics. Um, they are requiring public disclosures of the creative and the amount spent for any political ad that runs on their platforms. They require an identif- uh, identity verification process for any advertiser on their platform. Uh, this was originally just for political advertisers, but it now uh, applies to all advertisers on their platform. Uh, next is Facebook. Then over the last couple of years, they have uh, required an identity verification process for any advertiser on their platform. They require uh, public disclosures of creative and spend amounts for any political ad, uh, similar to Google. There's now an ownership verification process for any page that um, engages in political issue advertising. Uh, They've uh, straight up removed some political targeting options. And uh, since the uh, since the election, a, a, a 2020, they have put a complete pause on all political issue advertising. And uh, note, Google also had a, had a temporary pause right after the election as well. Um, next, Twitter, uh, they have a total ban on political advertising. LinkedIn also has a total ban on political advertising, as does Bing. Um, 
as does Adobe AdCloud, which is a major demand-side platform. TikTok uh, also does not allow political advertising, and neither does Spotify. Uh, Snap, uh, the last last of the major platforms we'll discuss here, uh, they have uh, public disclosures of the creative, like some of the other platforms, and for spend amount uh, on any of those political ads. Uh, but they also do a, an ad fact-checking uh, process before uh, ads are approved on their platform. So with, with these restrictions in place, campaigns are being forced to spend more money on um, you know, more, more traditional display and video ads, uh, channels which tend to be less effective for d- direct response type campaigns, um, and also churning out just more organic content, you know, hoping that something will gain traction on Facebook or Twitter or wherever. But even that organic content strategy is in peril. Uh, Facebook just just this last week announced um, that the appearance of political content will be uh, reduced in newsfeed for their users, at, le- at least as in this test phase. So while this will make Facebook a more pleasant experience for users um, and you know maybe work to mute a few members of your extended family, it's one more obstacle that political campaigns are going to have to navigate. So how do campaigns adjust? Well, uh, first, look out for your own self-interest. Be a good citizen online and behave yourself. You don't have the right to use these platforms, even as an elected official, even as the President of the United States. And you should comply with platform rules. So a few basic tips. Don't traffic in conspiracy theories. Don't incite violence or sympathize with white supremacists. And finally, check your facts before you post. For political campaigns in the United States, your speech on their on their privately owned and controlled platforms is not subject to First Amendment protections. They can manage their platforms in any way they want and disallow any content that does not comply with their rules, even if they're making up those rules on the fly. For you to claim that they are violating your rights isn't, isn't just false, it's idiotic. Misbehaving and then blaming the platform for banning you doesn't make you a righteous martyr. It just makes you an asshole. So, what can you do as a political advertiser to compensate for your shrinking platform options? Well, you can still post organically on the social platforms, you know, with the, with the caveat we noted uh, previously. But even with a high volume of content, it can be nearly impossible to replicate the reach of paid advertising. Some alternatives um, include some that you might already be using, like SMS. If you aren't using it, just know that SMS is a popular way to raise money or to send quick call-to-action messages to core audiences. Now, laws and regulations regarding the use of SMS are constantly evolving, so work closely with your vendor to uh, make sure that your strategy is in compliance. And Evergreen Media is happy to point you in the direction of some vendors uh, on the SMS side who can help you. Email has always been sort of the bread and butter of political fundraising, and that has not changed, and nor will it anytime soon. Um, but without social media advertising, it will be difficult to build your own list organically, especially if you're a relatively new office seeker. Now, you, you can still do a list, a list rental or exchange uh, with another campaign or a list broker of some kind, uh, though this can be expensive and have no guarantee of a su- success. Um, Other indirect ways to reach voters exist. Um, The Biden campaign worked to cultivate relationships with 
micro-influencers, as they called them, uh, on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and other platforms. These are just people uh, in, in various geos who, you know, not, not, the, not the massive... Um, uh, not not users with massive follower counts, uh, you know, in the millions. Although maybe it would include some of those, but you know, just just people who uh, have, you know, a thousand followers, five thousand followers, ten thousand followers, and who who could you know share and amplify campaign messages organically. Uh, the caveat with all of these alternatives is that they are better suited for larger campaigns, like. Congressional campaigns, large countywide or metro, large major metropolitan or statewide um, races, rather than smaller local ones, like, you know, you know your school board or uh, mayor of a smaller city or wherever. So, what's the future? Well, if if your campaign or your campaign's digital vendor is using one of the major DSPs, uh, like DV360, the Trade Desk, Basis, Xander, MediaMath, wherever. You need to have a backup plan just in case they pull the rug out from under you. Um, speaking from experience, uh, I, I worked previously at an agency that used Adobe Ad Cloud uh, as our primary DSP uh, for our political clients. And you know, Adobe Ad Cloud was a very popular choice for political advertisers at the time, but when they announced that they were abandoning the political space, they only gave their clients about 45 days uh, and note that this was also within 90 days of the 2020 election uh, to, to transition to another platform. So you should start talking to other platforms and get to know their strengths and weaknesses and be ready to pull the trigger um, should something happen. You know, I, I would fully expect one or more of the DSPs I mentioned to uh, follow Adobe's lead within the next year. There are also some second-tier DSPs who can provide you service in a pinch for a lower financial commitment than uh, some of those other you know, first-tier DSPs like Smarty Ads, Pontiac Intelligence, uh, Choosel. Uh, those platforms have some drawbacks like more limited inventory, uh, some fewer capabilities or integrations, but they will gladly take your money and give you some quality impressions. So while Facebook maintains that their current ban on political ads is a temporary pause, uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked if it becomes permanent or if they do um, bring back politica, political advertising that there are going to be some limitations on ad targeting, uh, similar to how their existing restrictions for housing and, and employment ads work. Um, political advertising represents less than 1% of Facebook's revenue and they just might decide it's not worth the headache. So be prepared for anything, explore other options <coughs> and, uh, you know, pray. So that's it for this episode. Remember that you can also subscribe to the email newsletter version uh, of uh, the Green Note to receive this hot content in your inbox, you know, whenever we get around to writing it, uh, for you to read and uh, forward on to your friends and loved ones. Thanks for listening to the Green Note Show, a production of Evergreen Media. Find us at evergreenmedia.lc.com.